everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky, the Lakers brain trust has met and we've learned a lot about how the offense is going to run and which players are going to be featured and is Russell Westbrook going to be here and what kind of d- discipline Darvin Ham's got in store. All of it coming up next on Locked on Lakers. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how you get your podcasts or where, never behind a paywall. Always free, fresh Lakers content for you. Of course, Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where you can get uh, all the breaking news early. The podcast goes up a little early, so benefits there, plus you know, fun visual stuff, Andy, that happens. I uh, want to let people know that on Saturday, August 27th, if you have not marked your calendar, please do so. 11 a.m. at the Dewar Store, 170 South La Brea in Los Angeles. We'll be taping a special mailbag edition. You come in, you can be part of the show. Got a chance to win some giveaways for some of the great clothing they have there, pants, shirts incredibly functional performance clothing um if you can't participate you still have a chance to win if you can't participate live you still have a chance to win some doer prize packages by uh leaving a uh, question for us that we might use on the show the hashtag is doer show d-u-e-r-s-h-o-w you can send it to us at twitter uh, on, uh at cam brothers on twitter or leave it on the show page uh for locked on lakers on youtube so again saturday august 27th 11 a.m. 170 South La Brea. Andy, the 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 powers that be, the the smarties with the Lakers. They they had a big a big meeting. Uh, we've heard you know a little bit about the extension talk that came out of it. Uh, productive talks there, but there was a lot more going on. Uh, Chris Haynes from Yahoo reports that really the extension. Um, so we're all talking about the same meeting. The extension wasn't really the big topic of conversation. It's a lot about what the Lakers plan on doing this year. Darvin Ham. Uh, Rob Palenka, uh, LeBron James, all there. And some really interesting stuff came out of it about the offense, about Darwin's philosophy, about Russell Westbrook's presence on the team and how he might be used. Um, it was deemed productive. Yeah, and productives. Well, it's important because, as I noted last week, when our buddy Dave McMenamin with ESPN really broke the first report of talks being engaged between LeBron and Rich Paul, uh, Rob Palenka, Darvin Ham regarding the extension. That was the word productive that Dave McMenamin heard from his sources and Chris Hain, presumably with some of the same people, also hearing the word productive. And as I've talked about before, Brian, I think during this period where everybody is waiting to see whether or not LeBron James signs an extension with the team and just trying to suss out his future with the organization, it could be a while. And I don't particularly find it worrisome if LeBron takes his time before signing this extension, as long as what we keep hearing is that the relationship is positive. And yeah. so far, that's what we're hearing. It's funny. Like I saw, I saw one writer, um, uh, I think it was Jacob Rude at Silver Screen and Roll, kind of made a comparison to uh, Kevin Durant. And you know, KD kind of holding the Nets hostage, LeBron doing something like that in, in LA. And I don't, I'm not trying to call out, I just sort of disagree with the framing here. Like LeBron, there's really no urgency for this to get done quickly 
beyond LeBron just may not want to answer questions about it after you know too much longer after camp begins. Um, but the tone, like you say, is super duper important in terms of how people are talking about the relationship, whether there are reports of real frustration with with the direction of the team, how it's being run, how it's being operated, and stuff like that. Until you hear that, I don't I don't see a lot to worry about. Um, I, among there were three or four things that jumped out at me about this report from from Chris. The first is probably the most basic. Uh, he says that everyone is aligned on a common vision to see how the roster works, how things shake out before making moves. Uh, that is a Russell Westbrook reference. <laughs> I think we could all agree. Um, I don't doubt the Lakers will continue to try and move Westbrook before the season begins. I have said all summer, I think it's going to be real hard to do it. This is more of that laying of the groundwork, really, I think, for not just the organization, but for fans yep. to understand this is what this is probably going to look like. Russ is going to be here. Everyone get ready. Yeah. I mean, said this, both of us, a few times over the course of this offseason, Brian, when we keep seeing different media members uh, talk about these leaks with the Lakers you know, anticipating or being willing to go into camp with Russell Westbrook and them framing it as the Lakers trying to gain leverage in whatever talks they're having with the Nets or the Pacers or the Jazz, Spurs, whoever. No, 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 my friends. <laughs> this is not about leverage. You cannot gain leverage when Russell Westbrook is the piece that is potentially right. being moved. This is actually... I'm going to keep that thing that you don't want. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Don't like... threaten me or I will not give you this thing that you really don't want on your roster and plan to buy out immediately. Uh, I'm going to keep it. What do you think about that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh -huh. unless you are a huge believer in the power of reverse psychology, right. like that's not what the Lakers are doing. Advantage right? Lakers. Yeah. What they are doing. And, and I think this is something actually pretty, pretty unique and pretty unusual. I think they are actually speaking pretty transparently to the base. And they're letting the base know, like, this is the situation. We hear you. We've gone through the complaint box. All the complaints <laughs> are the same. <laughs> like, we, But we've read them all. We read thank you for your letter to the editor. Yeah. It has been filed. But as much as, they, as much as they've made it clear, even coming from somebody like Jeannie Buss, that they're not done trying to make moves, they've also been making it pretty clear we're not necessarily expecting to be able to. And that becomes really important, Brian, when you consider how a lot of the teams that they're connected to, namely the Nets, they've got issues to figure out before, or Way like even the before. Jazz, if you want to go to the poo-poo platter for the, you know, for the the turn the Lakers into Jazz West, they've got things to figure out with Kevin Durant or Donovan Mitchell before they're going to get into the ancillary pieces of the Jazz supporting players or even Kyrie. And, you know, Rob right. Palinka, Rob Palinka talking about patience heading into the camp, I, I think, A, is important just because you have so many new pieces. You've got a new coach. You've got a horrible vibe lingering from last season. But also just in some respects... 
they can't do any more than they're doing. That's that's my favorite part because th- this this idea of patience from uh, you know uh, as Haynes kind of frames it, you know, Palinka explained that patience will be key in any potential move the team makes. Um, well, yeah, <laughs> it's like as if Rob is like Rob's holding the cards here and he's just playing it out like you know, look, we're going to leverage this to our most like. They have no choice but to be patient because they have no stuff. It's not like they have 12 different bullets that they can fire at this problem. They have essentially one. Unless they're all in on Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, which it seems like if they wanted to do now, they could. They kind of have no choice but to be patient. And there's no rush on a Buddy Heald, Miles Turner deal until somebody else is trying to take those guys. And, and, you know, the, the chatter from people who follow the markets and in August is, is tends to be a pretty quiet month for this sort of thing. But like, maybe that cranks up a little bit before training camp. And like you said before, Andy, any of this stuff that starts to get more live. Yeah. Well, that, that'll change the urgency. And I'm sure Palenka's, you know, patience will, what, what defines patience will change the willingness perhaps to throw in the second round pick will change. All of this other stuff could change in two hours with news of a blockbuster deal and, and everything gets rolling. The, the, the uh the 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 log jam is broken really across the NBA. But until that happens, yeah, it's just Russ is gonna be on the team. And uh that's that's just something people need to get used to. Um along those lines, Andy, there was a lot of talk from Darvin Ham as reported by Chris Haynes about accountability, about uh accepting roles, uh, and also talk about who the offense is going to run through. We'll get to all of that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Dewar, an exclusive sponsor of the Locked on Lakers podcast. We are the only show in the Locked on Network that is in business with Dewar, and we are excited to be in business with them because they are the purveyors of the world's most comfortable pants. Right off the bat, think about this. Locked on 15. This is the promo code. Have it in your head as I talk about everything with Dewar, getting you 15% off your purchase. And the reason we love being with Dewar is this is clothing that is created with the belief that comfort, style, and function, they all exist to complement each other in design. So you can just wear a pair of doer pants on your bike. If you are environmentally conscious, going to work, then you go to a big meeting, you crush it. Then you get back on that bike, go to dinner with some friends, talk about how you just got a promotion, all in the same pair of pants. You will look great no matter what you do. That's the versatility that you get with doer. Also, this is great too. 95% 95% natural fibers are used to make doer. So unlike most conventional performance clothing, which uses primarily oil-based synthetic, doer clothing is actually good for the planet. And look, not to get on a soapbox, but the earth needs all the help it can get. So drop by the store in LA, 170 South La Brea Avenue in Mid-City, or order online, shopdoer.com. Either way, use the exclusive code for our listeners, Locked on 15 to get 15% off. Again, locked on 15. That's 15% off your purchase at Dewar, D-U-E-R. Locked on Lakers also brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your all your favorite sports and events on the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. I'm going to learn how to gamble on esports. I feel like that could be my next niche. Uh, Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information, whether it's live game, in game betting, scores, uh, we got podcasts, every all the information you need, it's all there. So head online, 
uh, head over to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today across the world of sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Um, you want to talk about? Let's 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 stick on this. We'll get to AD in a second because uh, that was uh, an interesting wrinkle um, about uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron James and who uh, the offense will run through this year. Um, but Chris Haynes passed along a lot of the themes from that meeting, Andy. A lot of talk about accountability, a lot of talk about selflessness, creating an atmosphere of selflessness. This is a word that uh, Darvin Ham uh, was said to have used a great deal and making it clear that uh, people are going to have to accept roles, particularly defensively. Uh, and if they can't or won't, they will be removed from the game. Yeah. Talking to you, LeBron. Yeah. Well, okay. Not talking to LeBron as far as getting removed. Like I, I LeBron would have to do something very severe, I think, in order to get removed uh, from the floor at the end of yeah, games. It's, it's like, not missing a rotation. It's no, be a little it, bigger than that. I'm I'm thinking more like committing a felony, <laughs> like while he's on the court, what? like like, like where it's a, a police like a violent felony or off. like a, a procedural kind of like wire fraud, right? Because <laughs> I, mean, I think just, wire fraud would not get him pulled. I'm. It's something where basically it's not Darwin removing him from the court. It's the authorities. Like it's really, it's it's even this is even above Genie Bus, the local like branch is, of the FBI. Right. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> it's going to make a Mar-a-Lago joke, but moving <laughs> moving onward. But I what I there's a couple parts of it that I found interesting, Brian. First of all, like. Obviously, the uh, the idea of guys accepting roles, and you know, there there are a few people that you can think about in terms of roles changing. You know, accountability of what's expected of them. You know, I think Lonnie Walker, for example, is going to need to invest more defensively. He's going to, I think, have to be somebody offensively that can do more than just sort of proverbially cook. Uh, Tht on both sides of the ball, I think, is going to need to pay more attention. And just, you know, develop less tunnel vision. But a lot of this really does have to do with Russ because we've already heard details of Darvin Ham and Russ meeting. Well, at the very least, Andy, even if, he, even if he's talking about everybody, the most, per, most important person that this applies to well, is Russ. Yes, because I'm, he still, in theory, plays a more significant role. And quite frankly, I'm not worried about Juan Toscano Anderson accepting the role that Darvin Ham gives him. With Russ, it's interesting because we already heard, you know, Darvin Ham talk about various meetings and phone calls and dinners with Russ talking about this stuff and Darvin selling it really enthusiastically. Then we've heard Russ's ex-agent Thad Fouché saying that Russ is not enamored with the idea of doing different things or the role that Darvin Ham wants for him. And this gets to the empowerment that we talked about on Wednesday's show that uh, Darvin has with Russ. And also, too, just I think it's going to be very important. I think it's really important that they get off to a good start, period, mm -hmm. just because of everything that happened last season. But I think in terms of selling Russ on this stuff, it's really important that they win games and Russ, at best, sees the value of doing the things that he's supposed to do and that leading to wins, or just most cynically, they're winning. Russ does not want to be the guy that is blatantly screwing it up. Yeah. These guys, this the first 15 games, 
are going to be real critical. If they're, yep. you know, hanging around 500, cool, a little above it, even better. Um, and, you know, we'll see what the, what the odds of that look like relatively soon, um, I, I think. I forget exactly. Schedule's coming out, I think, fairly soon. Yeah, I forget the exact drop date. Um, but if they get off to a, you know, they're 10 games in and they're three and seven, I mean, the alarms are going to be sounding. And that, it, I don't know exactly know how you can avoid that. I, you know, there's that, that isn't even all based on Westbrook. That is every, is everybody healthy? How do these new guys look? Can they find enough shooting? Have they made a trade? Um, and it was interesting. Like one of the things that they, they want to do with Russ is figure out ways to utilize his three point shooting more from the corner. Mm -hmm. Um, it's important to specify from the corner. It probably should be more important to specify which corner because last year, at least Westbrook was uh, shot 50% on 60, hit 18 of 16, three pointers from the left corner from the right corner. He was 33%, five of 15, um, only 30, uh, you know, uh, that's about 5% below league average. It's worth noting, most of Westbrook's threes come from the left side of the floor. Um, he's wildly inaccurate from that side. He's just as in, he's actually worse from the, the right side. So I, I don't know exactly how you tailor an offense to limit Westbrook's three-point shooting to one spot on the floor, but it certainly sounds like they are aware of the places he had his very limited success and it should be noted this season before, same basic percentages, really good from the left corner, terrible from everywhere else. At the very least, it seems like they're going to try and limit Westbrook's three-point shooting to the one spot on the floor where he's okay, he's pretty good at it as much as they possibly can. Well, look, man, I mean, I would rather see Russ take more threes from the right corner where he is below league average, but not crushing as opposed to above the break where he's below 30% and and takes considerably more. I mean, the irony is Russ does not actually take it. It feels like he's in the 100th percentile for threes because every three that he takes, you right. don't it's want like, him like to. Like you're it. watching Buddy Healed. Right. <laughs> it, feel, it, feel, it feels like a five-alarm fire every time he ever takes one of those like, shots. Because, I mean, you know the number. You know how many three-pointers per game Westbrook averaged last year. But if I asked you what you think the average Lakers fan thought he took, what do you think they would say? Seven a game. Six to seven a game. Yeah. The answer is three and a half. Right. But to put it in perspective, though, last year from the corners combined, he took 51. Mm -hmm. uh, above the break, 214. <laughs> so I'm, I'm saying, Brian, there's some areas of balance that right. can and, be achieved. And you made this point before uh, we started talking. All of this kind of talks around the bigger problem. with. I mean, the idea with Westbrook is how do we keep him from taking three-pointers? That's fundamentally what you're talking about here is how can we take that three-and-a-half maximize the opportunities that he's going to have to take at some point he's going to have yes. to take a three pointer. So what, how can we make it more likely that that ball goes in um, and then, you know, get that three and a half down to two. Um, maybe that's something. The bigger issue is how to get him to finish near the rim because he took 663 shots at the rim last year and only hit 54% of them, which is about 6%, 5% below league average. And if Westbrook 
is five or six percent below league average at the rim, he is a functionally useless offensive player. Well, I mean, if he if he's not connecting at the rim, he is a destructive offensive player because he's too inefficient. Yeah, if he's not connecting at the rim and he's not hitting outside shots and he's not hitting from the mid range, I'm running out of ideas. Yeah, like, his, in, his his shot chart is not attractive. It is not right. a good thing to look at. But again, I think a lot of this is going to be. It's been talked about before, Russ buying into doing things that aren't him directly controlling the offense, things like screening, things like cutting. You know, if he's going to take threes, try to take the best possible threes, relatively speaking. Again, he's not great from the right corner, but I will take him taking right corner threes over above the break every damn day of the week. It's all relative. None of it is ideal, but you're trying to come up with the best version of of problematic you know what i mean like if you can get a better version across the board of what you saw from russ last year even if it still does not fit great and even if it's going to be irritating at times combined with lebron playing more healthier ad playing more healthier kendrick nunn an actual player tht actually progressing the problems with russ will still be there but they will be less magnified. Like yeah. Russ was not the only problem on this team last no, season. No, 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 no. It's just he, you know, it's just he, he he bears such a large portion of it because he is such a you know he is both the, the a, a massive presence on the team and also the reason that they don't have more depth. Um, so we'll see. And you know, we still plan on talking about you know possibilities like guys like Austin Reeves and you know. Uh, can his three-point percentage improve? Can somebody like Troy Brown break through? Is Lonnie Walker, who has not you know been a good three-point shooter as his volume goes up, can that change? Like there are, there is a list of things that can happen for the Lakers to finish better than we would expect. Um, I don't think we're going to get to it today, but you know ESPN's forecast for win totals, which are not out of line at all for anything that I've seen. You know, for people who are making these early August forecasts, there are routes for them to be better than people expect um but you know they 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 have you know a lot of it really does come to westbrook like and if westbrook can be better or more neutral uh makes a huge difference one path andy that they have is trying to figure out how to maximize their superstars um the offensive plan and who is going to be the focal point was another point of this meeting and that is what we will discuss next we have uh, long been proponents, Andy, of the idea that Anthony Davis needs to be sort of the star on the floor of this team. He needs to be the guy who things orbit around. He needs to be the um, the sun around which other things orbit. Um, the engine of the proverbial car. Even if he's not their best player, because that's still LeBron. Um, I think Darwin agrees. <laughs> I think LeBron agrees, because... We were here last year at this point, and this was, I think, the idea last year, too. Anthony Davis says Darvin Ham is going to be the focal point of this offense. It's going to run through him, and LeBron James is on board. Yeah, uh, reading directly from Haynes, uh, one wrinkle he'll implement and stick with is having the offense run through Anthony Davis. The team has been encouraged with Davis's offseason progression and believes he'll be in optimum shape to avoid serious injuries and carry a heavier load. And there's a lot about this, Brian, like what it means in practice, execution, schemes, like how far it goes that I'm 
fascinated to see how it plays out. First of all, there's always the question of, does LeBron buy into this for a full season? Because there have been a lot of incarnations over the years of let somebody else other than LeBron run the offense, be the focal point to take that pressure off him, only to find LeBron doing it all anyway after a month because this is what LeBron always because it's does. Not, because, it, well, yes and no. I think it's because it's not working. And I, well, I also think, too, it's like running the offense. What does it mean when you say you're running the offense through Anthony Davis? What I take that to mean is that the the offense will be geared around providing the best scoring opportunities for Anthony Davis. The the offense will be oriented towards creating scoring chances that best suit him. Um and that doesn't mean LeBron's not going to have the ball in his hands and that doesn't mean LeBron isn't going to be vitally important in creating those things. Of course he will. But that ultimately Anthony Davis needs to be carrying a larger scoring load than LeBron James is, I think, a lot of what this translates into. Sure, but how this goes about happening is going to be the devil in the details. Because again, like running the offense through AD is at least potentially, if nothing else, taking the ball out of LeBron's hands at times. Like it, it definitionally, that may and it may end up happening. I'm not saying it will because I don't know how they're going to do this. But it, at the end of possessions, but I think for the rest of possession, I, I it's maybe it's not a different. Be- my only point, and I don't want to get because you know I, I'm not in X's and O's, you know I've not done you know hours of tape on the. My only, really, what I'm getting at is that it's different to me than like when Kobe would say, "Yeah, let's we're going to run the offense. We're going to take the ball out of my hands. We're going to do like it's different than that." Um, maybe where, but we don't know because actually Kobe, Kobe, I think LeBron is better suited and is more willing to have the ball out of his hands at the end of possessions when the shot comes than Kobe was. That may be. That's all I'm getting at. That that might be it, but it also matters what goes on at the beginning of possessions and the middle of possessions. You know, and it'll be interesting too to see what what that means for AD in terms of his responsibilities beyond just scoring because he's a decent passer, but he's not a playmaker at the level of like the Gasol brothers or Draymond Green or Giannis or even like a Pascal Siakam. Like he's not mm-hmm. at that level. So is he is he functionally capable of doing some of this stuff? Either way, though, what I love about this conceptually is the more you make AD do stuff proactively, the less he is reactive. And I think AD reactive on the court like reactive without the ball, reactive waiting for things to come to him is the worst version of it. I agree with that. I would agree with that. And, you know, I I think, you know, you talk about what it can look like. First of all, I think it looks like he's not at the three-point line as much. There will be times when Anthony Davis is the is out and somebody else is in, so to speak. When Ross is covered. <laughs> when that corner, hey, Russ that is right. actually better than AD. Let's give when him that some left. I, I know, I don't want either one. Better sure from like when that left AD. corner is full with someone else, and, and, and Russ can't get there. But you know, I, I think when you can you can orient the offense to where LeBron James. You talk about AD as a passer. You can use that sometimes as you know good counters when people start overplaying. You know, AD and and you know he's a good enough passer to play out of that. But this is one of the reasons I think Reeves. Uh, will end up starting and be an effective starter there is because now you have another ball mover, another passer that, again, can help create that end situation where Anthony Davis has the 
the trigger point to be able to shoot. And so, you know, I, however they do it and whoever they surround him with and Westbrook, you know, can still move the ball a little bit. It's not like he's, you know, just a, a guy. I would argue that's his best skill right now. So you have, if you can surround Anthony Davis with passers and like you say, put him in a position where he is proactively working to be the, the finishing point consistently in the offense, I think you're going to get the most out of him. I think that will be the thing that activates him most on defense. I think it is all this stuff. And it's like, it, it's distressing to hear them say he's you know going to be in better shape and more physically capable to carry a heavier load and all that kind of stuff because it's a reminder just of how thin this team really is and how much this idea of taking weight away from LeBron, taking weight away from Anthony Davis and all that stuff uh, to keep them healthy throughout there is not going well, but given what they have, one thousand percent, they need to try as hard as they can to make this Anthony Davis's team in terms of what it looks like on the floor. Yeah, and the last thing I would say on this before uh, before we go is just with increased responsibilities for AD offensively and him becoming more of that focal point there at least comes the possibility of LeBron being able to conserve more energy defensively. And when you talk about everybody... To use it defensively. Yes. And for everybody buying in, the way Darvin Ham talked about this, and this is something you and I have talked about a lot, Brian, over the course of last season and this offseason, there are justifiable reasons that LeBron cannot bring it on both ends the way he has in his peak, just with the responsibility he's carried and the mileage and like what he's been doing is unprecedented. That said, though, there is a trickle-down effect from LeBron not being where he needs to be defensively as much as you need him to be, especially when he's somebody that is going to be on the court as much as him. Yeah. So, you know, some of this may come down to Darvin scheming ways to lessen that load for LeBron offset it or whatever. But another way may be if AD is tangibly picking up more of that load offensively, it may allow LeBron to conserve more on the other end. And it's important because he's still the most important player on this team, if nothing else, as a leader. And it makes it that much easier for everybody else to buy in when he's doing it. We don't have to dive into the, you know, the, the specifics, but this is one place where you hope that compared to last year, Adding younger legs, adding Troy Brown, adding you know Toscano Anderson, uh, healthy Kendrick Nunn, and all that stuff will at least allow them to be set up better to to play defensively and support sure. guys like LeBron as well. So, all right, Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where you go to get the show and see all the fun. Uh, reminder uh, on August twenty seventh, eleven a.m. If you are in LA, one seventy South La Brea, come be a part of the show. We're taping at the Doer Store. Uh, if you can't do, if you can't make there in person. Hashtag Doer Show, D U E R S H O W. You leave questions for us, whether on YouTube or on the uh, our Twitter handle at uh, Cam Brothers. However, you can get us the question that will enter you into the uh, competition to get a couple giveaways, some prize packages from Doer that you will certainly love. Okay, so uh, we we think we're gonna we're gonna try to tape a show for Friday. Not one hundred percent sure that we will, but whether it's uh, Friday or uh, into uh, next week, lots still that we uh, want to get to that we haven't gotten to this week. So uh, we will see everybody next time.